Chapters twenty through twenty three of Out of the Shadow by Rose Gollop Cohen. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter twenty. Father made the life for me as easy as he could, but there were many hardships he could not prevent. We began the day at six in the morning. I would stand dressing with my eyes closed and feel about for my buttons. But once I was out on the street and felt the moist early morning air, I was wide awake at once when we had been in the shop about an hour a grey-bearded little old man used to come in lugging a big basket of food covered with black oilcloth he was the shop peddler he always stopped near the door rested his basket against it and groaned oh the stairs the stairs in america the men looked at him with pity and atta at the sight of him would sometimes begin to sing the song of the peddler if the boss was not in the shop or the men were not very busy one of them would take the basket from the peddler and place it on a chair in the middle of the room then each shop hand picked out a roll and the little old man poured him out a tiny glass of brandy for two cents father used to buy me an apple and a sweetened roll we ate while we worked i used to think two cents a good deal to spend for my breakfast but often i was almost sick with hunger at noon we had our big meal then father would send me out for half a pound of steak or a slice of beef liver and a pint of beer which he sometimes bought in partnership with two or three other men he used to broil the steak in the open coal fireplace where the presser heated his irons and cut it into tiny squares he always picked out the juiciest bits and pushed them to my side of the plate and while there was still quite some meat he would lay down his fork and push his chair away from the table with an air as if he had had more than enough he also got me to drink beer before long i could drink a full glass but i did not like it one day it made me quite sick after that i refused to drink it i liked my work and learned it easily and father was pleased with me as soon as i knew how to baste pocket flaps he began to teach me how to baste the coat edges this was hard work the double ply of overcoat cloth stitched in with canvas and tape made a very stiff edge my fingers often stiffened with pain as i rolled and basted the edges sometimes a needle or two would break before i could do one coat then father would offer to finish the edge for me but if he gave me my choice i never let him at these moments i wanted so to master the thing myself that i felt my whole body trembling with the desire and with my habit of personifying things i used to bend over the coat on my lap force the obstinate and squeaking needle wet with perspiration in and out of the cloth and whisper with determination no you shall not get the best of me when i succeeded i was so happy that father who often watched me with a smile would say raoul your face is shining now rest a while he always told me to rest after i did well i loved these moments i would push my stool closer to the wall near which i sat lean my back against it and look about the shop sitting so i could see atta and all the six men at work the baster sat turk-like on his table he was small and slight his skin was almost as dark as a negro's and his features resembled a bulldog's but his was an unusually bright face his black eyes flashed with intelligence and when he laughed showing his white even teeth i liked to look at him sometimes he would raise his eyes suddenly from his work assume an earnest expression open his eyes wide and look at me intently then i would know that i had been staring the boss moved about heavily at his big table i could not help looking at him when he spoke or laughed his nostrils were always dilated and whitened 
he often came over to our table to borrow atta's wax or small scissors almost every time he came he tried to pinch her cheek or take hold of her hand she always dodged threatened him with the point of her needle and said half seriously half jestingly keep your hands off please this was the first sentence i learned in english the man in the shop who interested me most was the presser he was almost black and he had a small black beard his features were regular and good but there was no life in his face and his voice had a tired ring in it his back was enormous his chest narrow and he lifted his twenty-five pound iron with difficulty i often felt sad when i looked at him without knowing why and was glad when he sent me on an errand he was the jest in the shop he had been six years in this country and had not yet decided whether he should send for his wife or as he often said take a souvenir of america and go home to russia the men teased him about his wife and little girl who they said would be a woman by the time he decided i too often wondered will he go home and what will he take as a remembrance one day when i was not busy i went over and asked him if he wanted me to go on an errand he put down his iron on the flat stone which he used as a stand and looked at me thoughtfully no he said as i turned away he called me back raoul he said if you were my little girl in europe what would you like me to bring you from america i thought for a moment and said earrings when he came in the next morning he had a massive gold watch and chain a marriage ring and a small pair of earrings a week later there was another presser in the shop one with a straight back and a red beard chapter twenty one one day a jewelry peddler came into the shop he showed us a watch he told the men that the watch was of fourteen carat gold but he would sell it cheaply for fifteen dollars because it was second hand the assistant machine operator bought the watch for ten dollars he was living on very little in order to save and send for his family in russia but a good watch he figured is as good as cash lasts a lifetime the men all congratulated the operator and teased morris you shall have to treat to-night i certainly will he said heartily i'll treat the whole shop i learned to look forward to these little merry-makings and love them how they also shortened the day at noon morris the operator went down as usual to his dinner he returned in a few minutes looking so pale even his lips were white and when he began to talk his voice trembled he told the men that he had been to a pawn-shop and that he was told the watch was worth at most three dollars the men were shocked they held a short consultation and finally told morris that they would raffle the watch off each of them paid a dollar and a half morris himself won the watch that night we stopped work an hour earlier morris bought two pints of beer and some bologna and we feasted i liked the life in the shop yet there were times when i felt unhappy the men often told vulgar jokes the first time this happened father looked at me and groaned don't listen he said or pretend you don't hear but i could never keep my face from turning red one day when atta and i were alone at our table she said it is too bad that you have a tell-tale face you better learn to hide your feelings what you hear in this shop is nothing compared with what you will hear in other shops look at me but when i would look over at atta it seemed to me that her needle actually flew in and out of her sleeve lining and her pretty little mouth looked more pursed than usual chapter twenty two when i learned to find my way home alone my hours were not so long 
for father was a peace-worker and as i was only helping him he could do as he pleased with my time and so now i came into the shop at seven o'clock in the morning and found my roll and apple already waiting for me and when i went home at seven o'clock in the evening it was still broad daylight our room was a dingy place where the sun never came in i always felt lonely and a little homesick on coming to it but i would soon shake off the feeling i would cook and eat some soup and then go and stand on the stoop and watch the children playing one night as i came out of our room into the hall i caught a few strains of music coming from the roof i went up and found under the sky blue and bright with the stars and the city lights twinkling all around a group of irish-american girls and boys waltzing to the music of a harmonica i sat down in the shadow near one of the chimneys and watched the stars and the dancing and listened to the song of my beautiful irish maid after this i went up every evening at first the girls and boys showed me that i was not welcome by making ugly grimaces at me but as i persisted for i wanted to know the americans they became used to seeing me and soon they paid no more attention to me than to the chimney near which i sat on friday i worked only the first half of the day then i would go home to do the washing and cleaning in our room all morning i would count the hours and half hours and my heart beat with joy at the thought that i would soon leave the shop when at last i heard the noon whistle from the big paper factory on water street i used to bend my head low to hide this joy i felt ashamed at my eagerness to leave off work when i came out into the street i had to stand still for a while and look about i felt dazed by the light and the air and the joy of knowing that i was free for at these moments i did not remember the work at home i would start to walk along slowly linger under the trees of which there was one here and there on cherry street and watch the children on the way home from school to lunch in their white summery dresses and with books under their arms they appeared to me like wonderful little beings of a world entirely different from mine i watched and envied them but i often consoled myself with the thought when our children come they too will go to school on the stoop i lingered too i watched the children playing jacks and from minute to minute i put off going in at last with a feeling of guilt i would realize that the afternoon was almost gone and my work not even begun but it was at such moments that i did my best and quickest work i would rush upstairs catch up the bundle of soiled clothes under my arm and run down into the cellar to the wash-tubs once the washing was done i did not feel so guilty and by the time i was at the floor which i scrubbed with great swishes of water i sang cheerfully after the ball is over on saturday father and i used to go to see aunt masha the first time we went and asked to see her her mistress opened a door in the back of the store and called in a shrill voice jenny jenny to my surprise it was aunt masha that came out chapter twenty three kate mrs felsberg's eldest daughter and i became friends she was seventeen tall flat-looking and stooping but her face was very pretty her blue-gray eyes twinkled with mischief and her manner was shy and bold at the same time she was also a great tease she teased me constantly because on a saturday the sabbath i would not light the gas nor carry my handkerchief in my hand on the street nor would i sit down to a meal at any time before washing my hands and saying grace you are like an old woman she used to say laughingly you are more fit for palestine where the aged are spending their last days than for america she also called me little village maiden i think this hurt most and so i kept away from her but there was one thing about kate to which i finally succumbed 
she had a beautiful voice and when she sang i forgave her everything and longed to go to her and finally i did and now of an evening i stayed in my room and listened to kate singing and talking about boys besides the door which led into the hall of the tenement and the one that opened into the felsberg flat there was still another door in our room against this our cot stood there were two rooms on the other side in which lived a plump wrinkled little old woman who wore a bit of red worsted around her wrist to keep off the evil eye with her lived her son who was single because he would not marry a worn-out shop-girl and a boarder kate talked constantly about the boarder and often half in fun half in earnest threw kisses at the door she told me that he was a machine operator but he looked like a student it was while sitting on the cot with her eyes on this door that she sang her best her sweet clear voice filled our dull room escaped through the window and filled the grey yard people always stood at the window in the house opposite when kate sang and from the other side of the door came little bursts of applause one night after kate had sung one of her russian songs we heard a body press against the door and a boyish voice call through the keyhole more sing more kate became almost hysterical with ecstasy she gave me a pinch a nudge and a slap which she had a habit of doing when she was gay and excited and bending down to the keyhole she said supposing you sing now not after hearing you he said but i would like to see you sing as well as here may i come in kate lifted her flushed face told me what he said and giggled he wants to come in i was curious to see the boy and watch the two meet but i did not want him to come in because father would be home soon and would want his supper but as i did not know how to refuse i said let him come kate barely had time to settle herself on the cot and control her giggles and i to place the chair for him at the little table when there was a knock at the door i opened it and saw a boy about eighteen with pale thin cheeks and bright dark eyes he stood expectant and smiling but his face sobered and he seemed surprised when he saw me i opened the door wide and when he saw kate's pink shimmering face his own brightened again he sat down on the chair and we two girls sat on the cot neither of them spoke for a few minutes and kate did not know where to look finally he began in english of course i did not understand what they were saying they paid no attention to me and soon i forgot them too though it was about them that i thought i saw kate and the boy engaged and married they were living in a beautiful house on grand street where you had to ring a bell to go in a little one toddled about in their rooms and they were happy one day suddenly i felt kate shaking me and saying ruth ruth what shall we do i hear your father's steps in the hall i stood up a little dazed i saw her run and lock the door then bidding the boy a quick farewell she hurried into her own rooms and closed the door behind her in the meantime father was at this door turning the knob finding it locked he knocked gently without clearly knowing why i suddenly felt dreadfully embarrassed and irritated that kate locked the door i went and unlocked it and father came in he saw the visitor at once and stood looking at him first with surprise then with astonishment and finally with anger he went over to the table put down the loaf of bread which he always brought when he came and opening the door wide he pointed and said angrily in russian bon when the boy went out and the door was closed father turned to me his face looked so angry that i trembled this is very pretty conduct he said and you are not yet thirteen i began to cry and explain at once but father never listened to explanations and commanded me to be silent at the very first word 
the next day i told kate what father said and how he felt about me thinking that she would go and explain to him but she just laughed i felt deeply hurt and disappointed and i could not forget the boy's face as he left our room and now a different life began for me father thinking that he had given me too much freedom and had spoiled me went to the other extreme he began to treat me so severely that i could scarcely lift my head he suspected me at every step and found fault and blamed me for everything that happened one saturday while standing out on the stoop i saw one little girl show a cent to another and boasting that she was going to buy candy seeing money handled on sabbath had long lost its horror for me it occurred to me that i too would like to have a cent with which to do just as i pleased i went up at once to our room and asked father as he lay resting on the cot he looked at me silently for a long moment then he rose slowly took out his pocket-book took a cent from it held it out to me and said with a frown that reminded me of aunt masha here and see that this never happens again i felt as if the coin were burning my fingers i handed it back quickly left the room and walked about in the streets i felt mortally hurt i felt that i was working from morning till night like a grown-up person and yet when i wanted one single cent when evening came i went home cooked the rice and milk as usual put it on the table and then sat down away from it at the farthest end of the cot father ate a few spoonfuls and then commanded sit down at the table and eat your supper i am not hungry i answered and indeed i was not i could never eat when i was miserable the food always seemed to stick in my throat father commanded eat whether you want to or not eat because i say so again i repeated that i was not hungry he looked at me and said oh you are sulking very well we shall see without haste he laid down his spoon took down our coarse linen roller towel which i brought from home twisted it carefully into a rope and came over to me poor father i know now that he hated to hurt me and took long to prepare to give me time to change my mind will you eat he asked i coughed to steady my voice and said no he struck me across the back my only thought now was not to cry out on the right is the little old woman and her family on the left the felsbergs they will hear me i'll never be able to raise my head before any of them again and i prayed for strength father never did anything by halves i felt the towel across my back again and again finally he threw it down and said panting for breath girl i'll break you if you don't change and i said in my heart my father we shall see he turned out the gas went out slamming the door after him so that the windows rattled when it was all quiet a door opened in our room and mrs felsberg came in with a light and a bottle of vaseline End of chapter 23